baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker. Merry Christmas to you. We're going to talk some Christmas movies with Paul Hall, Comment Guys Film Reviews, and some of the other films that are out there. I'm curious what he thinks about that Class Onion. The uh, Was it the next movie in line after Knives Out, which I thought was really good? So looking forward to having a conversation with him. I just noticed online that they're going to be bringing those e-scooters back to downtown St. Louis. And the more I remember these things, it's been so long since I've been downtown. But I got to tell you, they seem to me a fun thing and somewhat practical, but never used the way you should. Uh, They're always clogging up traffic. You see people falling and getting hurt. And you also see the way people drive downtown. It's a miracle that more people haven't been killed trying to ride these scooters. So they'll be coming back. If you've been spending time downtown, you're going to see them at the start of the year. Apparently, the city council got together and said, we're going to issue more permits. We're going to allow them back in. They're going to reduce the speeds to 12 miles an hour and put a curfew to 7 p.m., which I think is problematic because a lot of people love the idea of parking far away from the stadium and then moving to the Cardinals game, riding a scooter to it, and maybe riding a scooter back, but that's not going to do you good when the start time's like 7 o'clock. So watch out for these scooters. They're coming back to downtown St. Louis. All right, let's go to Sue's News. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. Uh, before we begin uh, Sue's news today, I would like to thank our guests who are joining us because Fred Bottenheimer had to leave today. We've got Trisha with us, and we also have Michael Calhoun from KMOX. Are they both on? Because I can't hear them. Yep. Hi. Hello. Thank Hello. you. Hello. Hello. Merry Christmas Eve. Yay. I will tell you that Fred, here's what happened to Fred today. His son was supposed to fly in from D.C., mm-hmm. and they canceled the flight. This morning. Mm. So uh, the kid was looking around and he said, Mom, what, what if I flew into Kansas City? Fred sent me a text. Is it, how's the traffic? You know, can he make it to Kansas? And I said, yeah, it looks good. You could do that. So he bought a ticket to Kansas City and Fred and his wife are driving to Kansas City to pick this child up at the airport <laughs> and drive him back. Ooh, so, right there. Yep. That is why Fred is not with us today. Ryan. That's dedication. I don't see that you doing is. that. Well, my kids um, are not old enough to fly alone, <laughs> but I know in due time, my kids will ask for some major favors, which they'll never pay back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's a kid That's, thing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. just kind of how it is. All right. On this day in history, in 1938, now I do this story for Abby, who is not here. She loves The Wizard of Oz. I don't, the, the, I, it's fine. I just find the monkeys creepy. Mm, I love it too. I used to watch it on repeat as a kid. It yeah. would finish and my parents would have to rewind it and I'd watch it again. Ryan, what are your thoughts? I can't say I was ever a huge fan, but I watched it. 
I, I never really got into the phenomenon of it, as in there's a lot of like people that would go to conventions dressed as characters. You'll never see me doing that. But overall, it's not a bad movie. What do you think, Michael? I, I'm not into the conventions either. Well, I, on anything, who is? But... I, that was an odd thing to say. But yes, <laughs> it is a classic. And I will say the only, uh, I think the only Broadway show I've seen at the Fox is Wicked. Oh, that's cool. So, I've heard only good things. I yeah. haven't been either. We got to go. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Okay, we'll go the next time. Well, on this date in history, in 1938, Margaret Hamilton is the woman who plays the uh, the Wicked Witch. And while they were filming a scene, um, she disappears in a puff of smoke in Munchkinland. Well, they did not get her out. They didn't get her off the stage quickly enough. And she caught on fire. <gasps> Oh, and I had yikes. no idea this even happened. Her broom and hat caught on fire, and it burned part of her face. I had no idea this yeah. even happened. And she even had her right eyebrow and eyelashes completely burned off. So they had to delay everything for the movie because she had to go into the hospital for a few days, and she came out okay. But I had no idea that that had occurred. His movie set hazards have been a thing since the beginning. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 1938. And then... You know the story hmm. um, of her going and staying away from the public after those movies and then later reappearing because kids were still afraid of her. So she went on almost like a publicity campaign so kids would stop fearing her. She went on Mr. Rogers. She went on uh, Sesame Street to show it was just a character... Kids, please don't be afraid of me. Oh, can you imagine how awful that would be, having kids be yeah. afraid of you? That's a delicate balance, though, because for a while you still have to sell the characters. So right. you don't want to discredit the movie, but yeah. then afterwards you still want to have a career. So Exactly. Ooh, that's, that's crazy. Uh, and then on this day in St. Louis history in 1973, apparently there was some warm air blowing over the snow. We had had a blizzard on the 19th. And it caused this really dense fog. So it wasn't so much the snow as it was the fog that shut down the entire city. They closed down the airport for 13 hours. And thousands of holiday travelers were stranded. They had 70 was shut down multiple times. There was an accident at one point involving over 30 vehicles. So this was all on this day in history in 1973. Count our blessings now. Right? It's crazy yeah, that that even thanks. happened. And, you know, I wonder if um, airplanes had radar and the other equipment that they can use now for landings that are strictly instrumental. They don't, you know, have any visibility. Man, I Back hope then, so. maybe it was strictly <laughs> what you could see out the window, and that's Man, it. That would be scary. And today, since we are so close, we are going to have a Christmas quiz. <laughs> Who doesn't love it? Now, Ryan, uh, Tricia, Michael, this is how this works. Some of these are going to be multiple choice. Some are not. So if you know the answer, just say your name and uh, then the answer, and we'll see who gets it. I'm running a scorecard over here, okay? Mm. I'm not going to... Ethan is going to opt out. He's a little tired. Voluntarily. (laughs) You understand. (laughs) All right, quiz question number one. Which country first started the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree? Trisha. Go ahead. Germany. That is correct Mm. for Trisha. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Nicely done, Trisha. Thank you. Fast. Which fairy tale inspired the first gingerbread house? Trisha. Ooh. Hansel and Gretel. God dang it, my girl's on it today. <laughs> Woo! Good luck, Michael. Wow. I know, right? 
All right, I had let's the first see if she one. Gets I just wasn't one. fast enough. That one I was totally just spacing out. Mm-hmm. Number three of the Christmas quiz. Who invented the Christmas wreath? Was it A, a German Lutheran pastor, B, an American housewife, C, an English door-to-door salesman, or D, a German florist? Ryan, what say you? I'm going to say C because I hope that's the answer. I hope, hope it was a door-to-door salesman. (laughs) What say you, Michael? I like these American stories of just a regular person who says, we should do this, and then it becomes a thing. So I'll say B. Okay. What is it? What do you think, Trish? My guess is A. A. Because it represents uh, Jesus's crown, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, a pastor. Nicely done. Guess what? Trisha is correct. Oh, oh She's come on. on. Fire. <laughs> She's killing She's Christmas it. genius. Uh, <laughs> Wait, can she see the answer sheet? <laughs> no, I am completely across the room from her. Okay, I... let's see if she can get this. Number four in Sue's News Christmas Quiz. How many gifts were given in total in the 12 Days of Christmas song? Was it A, 364? But the crowd says no. (laughs) Number B, sorry, letter B, 236, 324, or 150? How many gifts were given in total in the 12 Days of Christmas song? Will you hit that bed again, please? Yeah, boy. Uh, What do you say, Trish? We'll start with you. No, Susan News. My guess is A again, but I cannot math that hard. That's (laughs) That's a lot of mathing. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael? I'm thinking D sounds. I can't math either. That's why I write words. Yeah, that's why we're in radio. But, uh, yeah, I think D. Okay. Ryan? Yeah, which one was 236? I'm guessing that was B. That was B. B. Okay. Trisha is right again. Oh, my gosh. I feel bad about it now. No, you're killing it. This is kind of bizarre. I don't know. Number five. In what year... Did Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You come out? Was it A, 1992, B, 1994, C, the year 2000, or D, 2002? We'll start with Michael. Uh, I think it's the 90s, right? But not that early, so maybe B. Uh-huh. I think B. Okay. Is B, 94? Uh-huh. I think so, yeah. That's my guess, too. Okay. All right. Can we have the same guess? Yeah, you can. Ryan? You know, I was going to guess 94 before you said it, but now since they did it, well, you I'm can all do it if 92. you want. 92. No, I'm going to go to 92. Okay. Michael and Tricia are correct. 1994. Oh. One for oh. Ryan, another for Tricia, oh. who's smoking this thing. <laughs> Somebody oh. other than Tricia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. try to throw this next one. Number. <laughs> the next question. What is the best-selling Christmas song of all time? Is it A, Nat King Cole's A Christmas Song, Chestnuts Roasting? Is it B, Andy Williams' It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year? C, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, I'm Dreaming? Or D, Burl Ives' Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Ryan? I'm going B. Andy Williams, I do like that song. I think I'm going to need more of a performance of each of those. (laughs) Kind of like a spelling bee. Can you spell the word and use it in context, please? Zero people want that to happen. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with A. A. That can cool. Mm. 
Uh, Trisha, oh, Christmas genius. I was, what say you? I was thinking A or C, and since I'm guessing, I'll guess C just to be different. That is 100% her. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> She's gotta go. She's gotta go. I'm so sorry. She's gotta oh go my God. right now. That is hilarious. Yes. The fix is in. Uh, and no, it isn't. White Christmas, by the way, is the highest selling Christmas song of all time, but it's also the highest selling song of all time. 50 million copies, and it's worldwide. Wow. wow. White wow. Christmas. And finally, we'll do one more just to see if Trisha can, because this is open-ended. <laughs> Undefeated. Right. We'll find right. out. She's completely. Woo. Final question, Sue's News Christmas Quiz. In what country is it a tradition to eat KFC for Christmas dinner? Anyone? Michael. Michael. Japan. Yeah. Whoa! Woo! I think I just God, read an Michael. article about that, oh, to be honest. baby! <laughs> All right, well, the final score, uh, no surprise, uh, Trisha, the Christmas genius, has five. Michael Calhoun with a nice two. Ryan on, with a uh, uh, zippo. zippo. Thank Yikes. you for playing the Sue's News Christmas quiz. All right. <laughs> Ryan, are you feeling okay about yourself? I mean, is it all right? After are you going to recover? Well, I can tell you that I'll recover, and I don't feel the need to brush up on my history, but after that embarrassment, I feel like I need a win somewhere along the line to make <laughs> up for it. I just don't know where that's going to come from yet. All right. It'll I'll, have to happen. It, it'll come. Uh, and I'll I play do... Connect Four with my son. He's eight. I think I could <laughs> win. I think I could. I could go either way. Take it anywhere you can get it. <laughs> You gotta do what you gotta do, even if there's children involved. You have to beat. Oh yeah, no. Well, it's guaranteed. I'll beat them in Mario Kart. There's no son that's ever beat their dad in Mario Kart, so that's what it. It just has to be that later. Uh, I'm gonna do one more story until I get to Sue's random fact. Uh, YouTube and the NFL yesterday finalized an agreement that starting in 2023, the NFL Sunday Ticket Package will be moving to streaming. Did you read this, Ryan? A lot of money associated with that. Ooh. Yeah, billions. The deal is with Google. They will stream the games on YouTube TV and YouTube premium channels. DirecTV has had this thing since 1994 when, as I recall, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas <laughs> came out. And most recently paid $1.5 billion a year for the privilege. And nobody knows the actual amount they paid that Google paid for this, but they're throwing around $2.5 billion. That is ridiculous. And it's a lot that people pay per month for that. Yes. Hundreds and hundreds. Do we know if it's going to be any more affordable on YouTube? No, I don't think they've said yet. I think they're going to go back and hopefully release that soon. Well, if Google paid more than DirecTV paid, even though it may cost less to deliver it because you don't need the satellite dishes mm -hmm. and stuff, they may still need to charge it to make that money back. Yeah, well, now they know what people will pay for this. Correct. True. So even if they give it to you a little bit cheaper the first year or two, they know what eventually people will pay. And That's true, too. I have yeah, Dish you know, because it's made Dish cheaper because DirecTV is so expensive. Did yeah, I, YouTube um, tried to make some original shows. They did the Karate Kid thing that kind of failed, mm -hmm. and then Netflix picked it up, and it was a success again. I wonder if this is their thought of unique content to bring people to YouTube TV. Like, this will just be included as part of the subscription, the cable package for YouTube TV. Maybe. Man, that's a lot of money to make up, though. Uh, well, it, cable, it's like 60 or 70 bucks a month. It's almost like regular cable cost anyway, but it's all streamed through the Internet. Maybe if they add that on, some people would consider dropping the box and picking up YouTube. Yeah, they might. They might. Uh, and finally in Sue's News, it's today's random fact. This one is for our own uh, Christmas genius, Tricia. 
the number of people having weddings in Vegas is dropping. It went from 128,000 in 2004 to 81,000 in 2014 to 71,000 in 2021. Wow. So you are a trendsetter trying to keep that up. Or Trisha just got married in Vegas. Alive. Yeah. Yay. And that's Aww. it for Sue's News. Thank you all, the guests, for participating Ooh. in our Christmas quiz. And that's it. <laughs> All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lots of uh, movies being dropped and some big blockbusters here to end the year. Joining us from Common Guys Film Reviews, Mark on Movies is sponsored by Andrea's Steakhouse, Paul Hall. Hello, sir. You know, Ryan, it seems like the last time you and I were going to talk, it's about 80 degrees uh, warmer than it is these days. And uh, quite frankly, uh, we had a different slate of movies, but some of them are still around. Yep, and now you have a new test. Is it worth going outside to see fill-in-the-blank? <laughs> so with the temperatures as bad as they are, I tend to stay indoors. But, you yeah. know, I guess the uh, movie theaters are climate-controlled, so it might actually be warmer at the theater than your house right now. And one of the big movies that are out there is Avatar. And I got to admit, I was not a fan of the first movie, and I have zero want to see the second one. And I don't know if it's just the hype around it that people are excited about or if it's really a good movie. What did you think about it? Well, you know, Mark and I chatted briefly about this. And quite frankly, the uh, the bottom line on the new Avatar film is this. If you're going to go out and see it and make it a night, make it an event, get the family together and pay the extra money to go see it in 3D on the biggest screen you can. The reason I say that is I saw it in 2D and uh, it seems like I missed a chunk of it from the standpoint of the experience. That said, story is super thin. And quite frankly, I felt let down in the story department where I the visuals were stunning and off the charts and up there with the original. If you're going to go, you got to make it a day. It's over three hours long, and it's going to, you know, with trailers and everything and time to get into the theater and get some food and all that good stuff, it's going to be a long experience, but uh, it held my attention the whole way. just was very thin on story. Okay. I wasn't planning on watching it. Uh, there's a lot of those different types of movies. I'll just wait until I can find it on streaming. Uh, Glass Onion being one of them. I didn't think I would like the original one that came out a couple of years ago. And then Netflix had it, the Knives Out, and I loved it. And I said, oh, i got to see another one of these. Uh, have you had a chance to see that one yet? Oh, yeah. This one uh, actually did a quick theatrical run back in the beginning of December, but now it's available for everybody on Netflix. And as you're looking for a time to sit down at home, you know, sit uh, after you've opened gifts or whatever, if you want to get together and talk about a decent mystery and a decent story, uh, Knives Out's going to do that for you with uh, a glass onion here. This is one of those stories that re reminisces back to the original Benoit Blanc. Daniel Craig is back as the detective. 
that's going to walk you through and try to solve the mystery. I found myself liking it more than I thought I did, and I'm I'm a little on an island on that. I think a lot of people are a little less uh, bullish on it than I am. I like Janelle Monet quite a bit. She's a character in this film. Uh, Daniel Craig plays really well again. This is a story that it's about story, and that is going to make it work. Uh, It's on Netflix now, so everybody can see it in their home, in the comfort of warmth, by the fire, wherever you are. I'm going to say something controversial here. Um, Daniel Craig, as an actor, every movie he's in knocks it out of the park. I think his worst performance was James Bond. I, every other character is so good, it makes James Bond look lame. That, that's a controversial statement. Wait a minute. He's great at James Bond. <laughs> oh. He's good, I, but I he's love not great. Him. No, I love him as James Bond, but quite frankly, the thing about Daniel Craig that's, that makes him interesting is the fact that he's not just James Bond. Many people that right. get into that type of a role, they get pigeonholed to the point where that's all they are. Daniel Craig is not that type of actor, and he's shown it in everything else he's done. Benoit Blanc uh, as a character, for, for sure, I love it. Ryan Johnson was back to direct it, so it works. Daniel Craig's better than that, Ryan. <laughs> Paul Hall, yes. Common Guys Film Reviews. You can find them <laughs> online, uh, commonguy.com. I see a lot of advertisements for Puss in Boots all the time, and there's been crossover. They brought the cartoon animated character to the Hot Wings YouTube channel, the uh, <laughs> Hot Ones. So they have been spending a ton of money on marketing for this one. Is it any good? And It's a lot more than they should. I, you know, it's it's not a bad movie by any means, but to me, Puss in Boots is long since been something that I really wanted to sit down and take the kids out to the theater to see. The deal is, I mean, Avatar's out, Puss in Boots out. What year are we in this year? I I don't know. They're uh, both sequels uh, long since, I think, past where they should have been released. But Puss in Boots works to a point. It's the story of the last of nine lives. I mean, let's face it, cats have nine lives. Well, when Puss gets uh, eight out of the way, he's got to turn into a much safer cat and uh, a lap cat shall we say and that's not puss (laughs) so it's it's a fun little premise it's kind of a cute movie when you're looking to take the kids out this isn't uh, you could do a lot worse than puss in boots the last (laughs) i'm sure they wouldn't want to put that on their poster you can do a lot worse no (laughs) come and see the movie i'll tell you what Uh, being so thin at theaters that is kind of what you're looking for is something that is still out there you know yeah What's the Whitney Houston movie, the I Want to Dance with Somebody all about? Yeah, yeah this is a, a docudrama about her life. Uh, it's going to take you back through some good, some bad. Of course, Whitney Houston had a checkered past uh, that had some real high highs and some real low lows. And I Want to Dance with Somebody goes a little long. It's two and a half hours long. And, uh, you know, Whitney Houston, to me, was a great uh, great uh, singer she had a voice like no other but uh, it's not a story that i necessarily want to spend that much time with uh, in the holiday season here but it's in theaters now is there a uh, term among movie reviewers when a movie's too long like for example my wife when she reads books if it's a long book she calls it a chunky boy and i thought oh that's a great term is there like some sort of term that movie reviewers use when the movie's longer than it needs to be 
There, there's nothing for me particularly. The deal on length in movies is simple. I, I don't mind a long movie, but I want to be engaged for that whole period and know that if I'm going to sit down with a three-hour movie, say a Babylon, which is a, a decent film out now from Damien Chazelle that's going to push three hours, I want to be engaged for three hours. I don't want to go for an hour in the beginning, an hour at the end, and in middle hour and a half or so take a nap. That is just not something that's going to uh, resonate with me because I'm not one of those folks that forgets that middle. There's a lot of people uh, in, in the audience that will, because the last hour was great, the movie was great. Well, yeah, but you had to sit through an hour and a half of total, you know, trash for yeah. for the lack of a better word. Um, you know, it's got to be purposeful, just like anything in movies. I'm, I'm one of those folks that language in movies I can deal with anything, but it's got to be purposeful. Uh, I, gore, I can deal with anything. It's got to be purposeful. Same with length. So with the length, to me, if it was long, I'd be sitting in the theater thinking, I'm paying the babysitter an extra $20 to sit yep. through this, and it could have ended, and I could have saved myself some time and money. Now I'm mad <laughs> because i got to yeah, pay the it's babysitter be something more. something you enjoy if you're going to yeah. spend that money. and I mean, that's the thing these days, and I think theaters are finding it out. We, I still love the experience of the lights going down in a, in a darkened theater with a you know, communal experience with a group of people. I just want it to be something that uh, is well spent for the consumers that I'm sending out to go see them because you do have so many options. I mean, we have Paramount Plus dropped Top Gun, Maverick. Now mm -hmm. everybody can watch that at home after they open presents. You can watch a series like Jack Ryan on Prime Video, eight episodes. You can binge watch it, and it's just amazing. It's an amazing series to spend some time with. And, oh, by the way, during that series, you can pause it after an hour. You can go yep. to the bathroom. You can, you know, make some dinner. You can make that popcorn yourself. So there's, you know, there's competitive forces at work in, in the market right now. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I've watched a movie all the way through. I go to bed at like 9.30, so we pause movies all the time. If we even watch a movie, it's a special occasion. And I think it should be illegal on a side note. If you say the start time of the movie is 7.05 and you started at 7.35 for previews, that should be illegal. I hate that. Can we start here's, here's something to end that practice? Yeah, general rule of thumb to follow is if it has a start time, unless it's a pre-screening, pre-screening start on the dot. But if this is a regular movie you paid some money to go see, take about 20 minutes after the start time. That's when the movie will really start. But you better be in your seat when it starts because otherwise you're going to disrupt everyone else. You can usually find out, too, how, many, how much uh, trailers are in, in advance. But generally on the big films, you're talking about 20 minutes. Yep, and you can assign seating anymore. You don't have to worry about your seat yep. not being there. Show up on time. Forget the previews. You know, it's fun and all, but you eat all your popcorn before the movie starts. I don't like that. Uh, one <laughs> other thing, there's so many of these Christmas classics that's hard to track down because different streaming services gobble up yep. the rights to it. You're like, okay, where's Charlie Brown? It's not on TV. Okay, Apple TV. So where do you find some of the Christmas uh, favorites anymore? Yeah, you know what? Here's the biggest thing I would always tell you to do. I'm a big fan of physical media. Still go buy the Blu-ray and the DVD. Have it in your collection. You don't have to look for it other than on your shelf. Uh, that said, if you don't want to go that route with some of these titles, this year a couple of the big ones. Let's talk Home Alone and Home Alone 2. You're going to go over to Disney+. Plus. If you have that, easy to pick up on those. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, as you mentioned, I talked uh, back around Thanksgiving Apple TV Plus has the rights for the Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. 
Here's the good news. Even if you don't have a subscription to Apple TV+, Plus, for the next couple days here, uh, it started, I believe, yesterday, you can stream a Charlie Brown Christmas without a subscription. You just go to Apple TV+, Plus, pull it up. It will offer you a free stream on a Charlie Brown Christmas. So now you watch it whenever you want. You don't have to be in front of the TV at 7 o'clock or 7.30, you know. So it's it's fun. And watch it as many times as you want. There's no limit. You, you don't have to go in and only see it once. So that's the big one right now, but also Love Actually's out there, Polar Express, Peacock has some of these, uh, Elf and Grinch, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life have a couple different homes. So there's good news. The stuff is out there. The bad news is, you know, if you don't have some of the services, unless you have the physical copy, you're going to have to look around. I say my family, uh, basically, when they're making cookies, watches Home Alone on Disney Plus. They've already watched Home Alone 2 twice. I think they watched Home Alone the first one once. And I seem to always catch it at the exact same spot. I don't know how it times out perfect that way. But Home Alone being on there is perfect. It's a perfect eight-year-old movie. He loves to see Joe Pesci get slammed in the face. And who doesn't? <laughs> no, you're, you're you know, right. And it's it's great to see we still have ads, you know, today where Kevin Hart's the lost Kevin in the airport, in the store, uh, shall we say, on the ads on TV now. So the movie's kept alive for so many years. And it's just so much fun to go, go back and relive some of that stuff with your kids. And there's that cameo of Donald Trump in Home Alone 2, yeah. which it's always like, oh, and remember that controversy? I think the CBC was going to do an airing of it in Canada, and they cut that part out because they thought Donald Trump's appearance was controversial. So now, whenever I stream the movie, I think, I better pay attention, see if that's going to be in there or not. And here's why you own physical media, Ryan. If you own the physical copy of that, your copy will never have that cut out. With streaming... If a director changes their mind, whether it's Steven Spielberg wants to take guns out of the end of E.T. or Donald Trump gets cut from Home Alone 2, whatever it is, you will have the original co- you know, the original version if you have a physical piece of media on it instead. And if you don't have to go stream whatever they have out there for you. Can you stream It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, you can stream it a couple somewhere. places. I, I, I believe uh, the last time I checked, I believe it was on Peacock. And it was also oh, on, I want to say it was Hulu as well, but I, I that Perfect. one I got to double check on. Uh, that's the classic. And that and, of course, I think TBS airs Christmas Story on loop for 48 hours or whatever. That's always a fine tradition. And that's, All right, that's if people the other place to look, to look, look some... is go, go, go to your on-demand search button if you have a cable or a satellite system. A lot of this stuff is on-demand as well. Uh, I watched Christmas Vacation again the other night on AMC On Demand. So you can get those, those things that you get on your cable and satellite service. Maybe you've never used them before. You can find these things there as well. Huh. Good idea. If people wanted to read your reviews or things you're doing, where can they go? CommonGuy.com. Easy, huh? Paul Hall, Common Guy Film Reviews, CommonGuy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Take care, my friend. Merry Christmas. Mark on Movies, sponsored by Andrea's Steakhouse. Joining us after the break, Frank Cusimano, KSDK Sports Director. We'll talk sports with him on 97.1 FM Talk. Love Christmas. And I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Welcome back. Yeah, Christmas is around the corner. You're probably heading home, spending time with the family, getting the Christmas preparations in place. You may even have a wife like mine who says, let's just give the toys to the kids tonight. And you have to talk her back a little bit. 
Let's talk some sports. Uh, KSDK Sports Director Frank Cusimano, thank you for coming on to 97.1. Appreciate it. Brian, great to be with you. Hope you're well. I am. Um, you know, this time of year when it comes to sports, it's cold. You know, you think hockey, you think ice, things like that. There's a few things I wanted to bring up before we get into some of the the local sports. I wanted to talk to you about the story about Mizzou's going to be honoring the late head coach, Mike Leach, who unexpectedly passed away. Real big loss there. You've done a million interviews. How much do you appreciate a guy like Mike Leach when he, you have someone you're talking to that has a unique personality in sports? Yeah, you know, as a broadcaster, when you do all these interviews, you don't want to get the, you know, one game at a time, play hard, play smart. <laughs> you want somebody a little bit off the wall. And he always had a, a great take. Like, he used to talk about how if you had a daughter, convince your daughter to not expend a lot of money on a wedding day. Give her the money. Buy cars. <laughs> buy a house. Don't do something stupid like that. He wanted to talk about things that weren't all X's and O's. He, and, and, you know, in terms of X's and O's, he had a great mind. But, gosh, give me somebody interesting. I've had so many boring interviews. Give me somebody like Mike Leach, and I'm glad he's being honored by Mizzou with that uh, decal on the back of their helmets right before the Gasparilla Bowl today. That's great. Uh, let's talk about two. I saw this one story pop up about the Cardinals broadcast team and on the television side, Danny Mac uh, departing because, you know, unfortunately the circumstances. Who would you like to see be the next broadcaster for the Cardinals if you had your pick? Well, I would like somebody with some type of connection to St. Louis. And there's a couple of really interesting personalities out there that I'm not sure if they would come, but there's Chip Carey, the pride of Parkway West, Harry Carey's grandson, a terrific broadcaster with the Braves and Cubs. And then there was a guy in Washington, D.C. named Bob Carpenter, who actually did Cardinal games and who is as good a television, you know, play-by-play broadcaster as there, as there is in the business. So I'm not sure if it's going to end up like that. But I think these guys have great jobs, but I think they hold the Cardinal job in such high esteem because of the tradition of the Cardinals. And if you look at the TV ratings, well, our local TV ratings are, are normally the best in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I saw the headlines, you know, of course, the Joe Bucks and the Bob Costases come to mind. And I, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to work out for them. But you come up with some great opportunities there. So what's next for the Cardinals? Uh, what are they missing right now as a team? What would you like to see them working on? Well, Ryan, it's interesting because the, um, the Athletic just came out with a piece where they ranked the Cardinals with the fifth best lineup in baseball with the addition of Contreras, the MVP and Goldschmidt, the all-star in Arenado. And that's, you know, contingent on does uh, does Tyler O'Neill come back and play great like he did two years ago and maybe a guy like Jordan Walker and expediting that learning curve? Um, I don't think they're as good as the Dodgers. I don't think they're as good as the Braves or the Phillies or the Mets. I think they're like the fifth best team in the National League as we speak. Their pitching is good, not great. But if you can win this division and then around the trade deadline, you add that great starting pitching piece you know, sometimes wild things happen in October. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and you're right, wild things do happen. Um, the up and down nature of the Blues this year, too. They start off strong, take a big dip, start to fight back. It's kind of tough to watch them, you know. I'm sure there's a lot of Blues fans that are frustrated with them. Uh, what's your take on what do, what do you think is going to happen with them the rest of the season? Is it going to be more of up and down, or do you think they can get it together? 
I think they're going to be in there to the end battling for that final playoff spot, which puts general manager Doug Armstrong in a real, like, dangerous position because if he kind of knows they're not going to make it or they're going to make it and lose right away, then maybe at the trade deadline he can trade valuable pieces like Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, Ivan Barbashev, and really restock the franchise. Or does he think, you know what, we're close, we're going to make the playoffs, anything happens in the playoffs, let's add a piece and take our best shot. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think anybody knows for sure where we're going to be at at the deadline. I do think tonight's big. If you could somehow beat Las Vegas and complete Mm -hmm. this five-game, 11-day road trip at 4-1, and well, you have a whole kind of different outlook about this club because at times, as as we saw with the seven-game win streak, they can be really good. Yeah. Um, Frank Guzamano, KSDK, joining us here talking sports. And this was National Signing Day week, I guess. And you got to see some of the standout athletes, the young athletes here in our own community signing with these major programs. Are there any players locally that you're excited about to see play on the college level? Well, let me just say this. Is Mizzou's national ranking in recruiting seems pretty good at like 32 the problem is, right in the SEC, they're 11th. So when you're in that hellacious conference, you've got to be like in the top 20s. And they had a good class, not a great class. There's one young man at Cardinal Ritter named Marvin Burks who originally committed to Ole Miss, and with the help of Luther Burden III at Mizzou, he changed his mind. I think he's going to be an NFL player one day, and he could have an immediate impact at Mizzou next season. Oh, that's great. I grew up in Michigan, so to see their football club and see Michigan football excel the way they have, whoop on Ohio State, then Ohio State gets into the national playoff. Uh, so let's talk about that. Just down to four. Who do you think could win that national championship on the college football level? Well, I'm not just saying this because you mentioned you're from Michigan. I would love to see Jim Har- Harbaugh win it because he's just so entertaining and there's just something really likable about him. But I do think Georgia is going to be pretty – Pretty tough to beat. I think they have a great chance to go back-to-back. They have this Stetson Bennett at quarterback who's like 25 years old. He won it last year. They have the best tight end in America. Uh, they still have a great defense. I think Georgia's still the best team on paper. Okay, so Georgia beats Ohio State, you think? Yes, sir. Okay, I hope it's a whooping, too. I, I'm always, whenever it's Ohio State, it's a whooping. You've, you've talked to a lot of fans across the country. I look at an Ohio State fan. They are some of the worst to deal with. I don't know if there is a fan base that's more insufferable than the Ohio State fan base. Maybe you've come across it, but I haven't. Yeah, it is an arrogant lot. And in fact, that they call themselves the Ohio State University. (laughs) Give me a break. That's why when they play Michigan, go Wolverines. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's, There's so much that you've been tracking. It's the end of the year. I mean, a lot of people do pay attention to the bowl games at this time of year. I, I, I see once in a while there's, you know, some Major League Soccer news coming out, and I think a lot of people are very excited about that here in St. Louis. Is there anything we're missing sports-wise that uh, we should be paying attention to right now? Yes. Uh, what I witnessed last night at the Enterprise Center in the Bragging Rights game with Mizzou oh, yeah. totally dismantling a highly regarded Illinois team I mean, they led by 30 at one time. This is a new coach with 12 new players. And this is why I love them. 
they have a bunch of guard. They play like three or four guards. They have three or four guys on the floor that are six two or smaller, and they're also 23, 24, 22 years old. So they're an older team, and Coach Dennis Gates has done a wonderful job. I tweeted last night, and I've been watching this game for 30 years. This is the most impressive outing by a Mizzou basketball team in St. Louis since Stepanovich and Sunvold beat Michael Jordan at the arena back in the 80s. I mean, it was an unbelievable display of basketball by the Tigers last night. Yeah, I know, and I, I saw the stories about people – going through the bitterly cold weather from Illinois, traveling to watch this, going out there, fighting frostbite to see them getting whooped on their Illinois uh, team losing during that. All right, uh, Frank Gizmano, KSDK Sports Director. Thank you so much for coming on and talking sports with us. All right, buddy. Have a great uh, Christmas to you and your audience. Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas and uh, to you as well, and Happy New Year. Uh, joining us after the break, we'll take a look at your news. Bill Eigel is a Missouri State Senator. He got a lot of attention this week when he objected to that drag show. But what's his odds of running for governor? We'll ask him about that coming up after the break. I'm Ryan Recker. If you want to look me up online, I have links to all my social media at ryanrecker.com. I can't believe we are this close to Christmas. It is right around the corner. I can already tell that the presents underneath the tree continue to grow. I got to cut my wife off and say, stop spending so much for these kids. They're already spoiled enough, please. And for them, they probably don't feel like it's enough. All right, we'll be right back on 97.1 FM Talk. It's Christmas time in the city. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 